0: Welcome to Newsmax Daily for Friday, August 25th, 2023, the final Friday of the month already, if you can believe that, and we are exactly, exactly four months away from Christmas Day. Perfect for a Friday on the calendar today is Whiskey Sour Day, simply celebrating one of the oldest known cocktails in the country, which many people may have been indulging in or de-stressing with last night after the events of the day. August 25th is also National Banana Split Day, something else you may want to treat yourself to on a Friday or over the weekend. A quick fun fact for you, when banana splits first became a thing credited to the Walgreens Drugstore slash soda shops back then they sold for 10 cents twice the price of a regular Sunday. around the same time that you could probably get a whiskey sour for a quarter or so at the saloon (laughs) well we all knew donald trump would be turning himself in at the fulton county jail on thursday we just weren't sure if a mugshot would be a part of the arrest procedure and as the entire world knows and sees now it was
1: you know, I went through an experience today that I never thought I'd have to go through. But, yet, I've gone through the same experience three other times. In my whole life, I didn't know anything about indictment. And now I've been indicted like four times and all by the radical left. And it's in coordination, absolutely in coordination with the Justice Department.
0: Only hours after his arrest in Georgia, the former president spoke with Greg Kelly on Newsmax. How do you view these
2: 19? Do you view them? Are you in this together? Uh They say co-defendants. And uh, like, how do you view them? Are you are you one team? And also, I think they're trying to make this trial happen in October, uh, which sounds kind of crazy.
1: Well, they wait three years to do it and they take their time. Everything takes their time. And this is only not only here, but also deranged Jack's who is uh, absolutely, he's like a lunatic. He's gone crazy. But they waited years to get the, you know, to go through a case. And then they drop it right in the middle of the election when I'm leading Biden, Biden by five or six points at least. And But right in the middle of the election, they drop it. And I, I tell you, you just said something that's uh, very true. I looked at some of the other muck shots. Can you believe it? And uh, Rudy's a tough guy, and Rudy can handle his greatest mayor, and your father was the greatest police commissioner, but the greatest mayor in the history of the city. I look at some of the other people. Now, I don't know a lot of those people. Uh, I don't even know that I've met a lot of those people, but some I do. And their lives are destroyed by these maniacs. These are animals. These are vicious animals that have destroyed the lives of these people. And, Greg, it's so sad to see, and they don't have a lot of money, and some of them did almost nothing. They don't even know what they're being charged for. It's I mean, I have counts where I, you're going to love this. and Chris Ruddy will be thrilled. But one of the things is I told people Newsmax. Did you know that? That was one of my counts. I told people to watch Newsmax. We love it, sir. We love it. To uh, I uh, told people to watch Newsmax. <laughs>
2: Thank you for that. Uh, but, uh,
1: I, I hope you... I hope you don't get charged. You'll probably get charged because I mentioned your name. So uh, but I think you'll be okay.
2: I think it's a badge of honor, quite frankly. And uh,
0: let's see what happens. President Trump on Greg Kelly reports last night after the Georgia indictment and the mugshot. As you likely know by now, Trump immediately posted what will become the most famous mugshot in history on his Truth Social platform, and then shared it on X, his first post on the platform, previously known as Twitter, since January 8th of 2021. That was two days after the riot at the U.S. Capitol when he wrote, I will not be going to the inauguration on January 20th. More from former national press secretary for the Trump campaign, Hogan Gidley. We are going to use this mugshot to our advantage as best we can
3: and mm-hmm. show how the president has been the target of a weaponized government. It's clearly going after its chief political rival. But the left's going to use it and say, look, this guy's indicted. Look, he's been, uh, you know, he's got a lot of these cases Uh, years of jail time hanging over his head, look how horrible he is. I think the American people, I hope the American people, start to take a look, though, at what the government is doing, not just to Donald Trump, but to everybody else. If you like the wrong tweet or download the wrong podcast, attend the wrong speech, if you're pro-life, you go to jail, if you're concerned about teachers transing your kids behind your back or teaching critical race theory. They're coming after you. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump is the tip of the spear here. He's got the bully pulpit. He's the former president. So he's the voice. It's just what he said in Erie, Pennsylvania. They're not indicting me. They're indicting you. If he sticks to that message,
0: he'll be in good shape. Good, simple commentary there from Hogan Gidley on Frontline with Carl Higbee.
3: But I'm old (laughs) enough to remember 2016. It was your patriotic duty to question the outcome of that election. If you hmm. didn't, you were in league with Vladimir Putin. You were part of Russia's propaganda machine. 2020 comes around. Guess what? Now you should be indicted for it. Democrats have been complaining about elections since 2000 with dimple chads and hanging 100%. ballots in Florida, questioning everything from hack machines, Kamala Harris, Speaker Pelosi,
0: Chuck Schumer, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama. They all did it. Again, that's former National Press Secretary for the Trump campaign, Hogan Gidley. He left out Al Gore in the highly contested Hanging Chad 2020 election. And those are only the ones from this century. Washington is the most hypocritical place in the world. What's good for one party is never good for the other party. And the people, us, we are always caught up in the middle and on the losing end. So now Jim Jordan and the House Judiciary Committee are going to investigate the extreme. Now I sound like Chuck Schumer, extreme MAGA. No, the extreme actions of Fulton County DA Fannie Willis. Willis? More from Greta Van Susteren.
4: The House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan wants answers from the Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis in a five page letter today to the DA Jordan noted several matters he wants answers to, but one sentence stands out suggesting what Jordan thinks about the indictment. Jordan wrote in part, four days before this indictment, you launched new campaign fundraising website that highlighted our investigation into President Trump. Now, the letter also includes this. There are questions about whether your office coordinated with DOJ Special Counsel Jack Smith during the course of this investigation, and Congress has an interest in any such activity that involves federal law enforcement agencies and officials that fall under its oversight. Closed court. Jordan also questions the DA's request that the trial begin on March 4, 2024. He writes, moreover, you have requested that the trial in this matter begin on March 4, 2024, the day before Super Tuesday and eight days before the Georgia presidential primary. House Judiciary Committee member, California Congressman Darrell Issa joins me, and I should add that she's also now moved away from that uh, March 4th date because one of the defendants has demanded a speedy trial, it's going to be in October, and she's going to end up having two trials, and it's hard to hard to separate these. So she's got herself a little bit of a nightmare. All right, um, you're on the committee. Why are you interested in Fannie Willis?
0: Well, basically, if, if you are going to ask me what she's doing, she's interfering with a presidential election. Uh, and we have a legislative purpose because Congress has a, a requirement to make sure that we, in fact, have free and fair elections, including presidential. And so anything that effectively ends up being political interference, either by the administration or by Democrats, doesn't matter, Democrats, Republicans in the various states actually runs afoul of our responsibility to make sure it's free and fair. And Greta, here's, a, here's one that wasn't in the letter. All four of these trials, is there any harm in delaying them until after the presidential election? Is there any, anything that would toll on it or anything else? And the answer is no. So yet another investigation or probing California Congressman Daryl Issa of the House Judiciary Committee on the record with Greta Van Susteren. The other news dominating the airways yesterday was, of course, Wednesday night's GOP debate and Donald Trump's interview with Tucker on X. We get more from Chris Salcedo, host of The Chris Salcedo Show on Newsmax.
5: Going into last night, I had one standard. Who will keep the focus on the harm being done to our people by inhuman leftists in our own nation and abroad? Evaluating what made news in the Never Trump debate and having watched Tucker's interview with President Trump, I was left wanting. From the open borders to the degradation of our military to our loss of freedoms and economic prosperity to rampant crime. The American people are being harmed by an Obama regime under the cloak of a doddering and clumsy fool playing White House with Jill and his crackhead son. Our nation is in a state of constant humiliation every day by the bastardization of the rule of law, cocaine, and other illicit drugs found in the White House, sweetheart plea deals for the well-connected while our people have the law weaponized against them. The deep state's FBI targets whole religions for persecution, military-age illegal aliens rape and murder 11-year-old girls and stuff their bodies underneath the little girl's own bed. Near as I could tell, there wasn't much focus on we the people in the RNC Fox debate. And where President Trump and Tucker touched on the historic harm to Americans, I can't say it drove the majority of their conversation, but I was happy to see at least it got in there which is more than I can say for nearly every Democrat and big government Republicans like Mitt Romney, Mitch McConnell, and John Cornyn. All that said, a side note to all the candidates and politicians who come on this program and even those who duck this program, in the book of your liberty-loving Latino here, The Conservative who relentlessly pushes detailed, actionable plans to protect our people from Marxists who subscribe to the Obama-Bush-Biden-McConnell agenda, that guy or woman wins. And so will America.
0: Just for the record, Donald Trump's counterprogramming is horrible. I don't think anybody's going to be watching Tucker Carlson on, on Twitter or X or whatever it's called now. And I don't think anybody's going to be responsive to his quote-unquote counter
5: Well, turns out CNN was right. Nobody but your liberty-loving Latino watched Trump and Tucker if your definition of nobody is over 227 million views as of 3 p.m. Eastern. The idea that nobody would be watching is just silly, but doesn't that perfectly
0: describe CNN? Silly? As of this morning, the X views or impressions are well over 230 million. And the Fox News Channel debate had 12.8 million viewers. The Chris Salcedo Show, chock full of in-your-face commentary on all of Washington, Democrats, and Republicans, airs weekday afternoons at 4 o'clock Eastern on Newsmax. Earlier this week, my guy Rob Schmidt had an interview that I've wanted to feature all week long, but we've been a little busy, you know, with history happening. And if you're a sports fan, you no doubt watch at least some ESPN now and again
2: sports fan who watches ESPN will remember sports anchor Sage Steele. During the height of the pandemic, ESPN's parent company, Disney, implemented vaccine mandates for all employees. Steele got the vaccine against her will to keep her job like millions of other people in this country did. Shortly after, she spoke out on a podcast calling the mandate sick and was sidelined by the network executives for that move. Removed from primetime assignments, Steele then sued ESPN and Disney for violating her First Amendment rights. That lawsuit was just settled, and Steele has decided to officially leave ESPN for good, and she joins me tonight to talk about all of this. Sage, it's wonderful to have you on. Thank you so much for joining us. I want to start with with your decision to leave ESPN and how you came to that decision and everything that happened.
6: Mm-hmm. How much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll just say this. It is—I would never have dreamt of it ending this way. I, I was— I was a little girl, Rob, I was 11 years old when I announced to my parents I wanted to be a sportscaster. And then when I got to high school in Carmel, Indiana, and then college at Indiana University, like everyone knew my dream was ESPN. And it took about 11 years, the first 11 years of my career in local and regional news and sports networks, and then um, got to ESPN in 2007, and it was a dream. Uh, Listen, I have zero regrets about anything, anything I said, anything that happened. Um, in the years leading up to my departure a week ago, because I, I literally had the best job in the world. I, I loved it until the very last day I was on the air. I, I was, I was proud of myself for separating, yeah. you know, what was going on behind the scenes and legally from my job itself. Um, but it just, when you're backed into a corner, um, you have to make some tough decisions.
2: Yeah. You do. It,
6: it, it's not like it was the first time. No. And, and it had just kind of piled up. And I said this the other day, everybody has a line. And you don't really know what your line is until it's crossed. And I knew after, yeah. after I was forced to do a shot that I didn't want to do um, to keep my job and then punished for having an opinion about the mandate, even though I complied. So at, at that point, I'm, I, I, can't, I couldn't be quiet anymore. And obviously, uh, they didn't like that.
2: You know, and it's their loss because you were fantastic on ESPN. You're very good at what you do. I want to talk about vaccines for for a moment here because it is you you took the jab to keep your job initially, something that a lot of people had to do. What's so interesting about these mandates in this country and vaccines in general is that you become an immediate pariah the moment that you ask any questions. Robert F. Kennedy
0: is a great example of that. That is former ESPN sportscaster Sage Steele on Rob Schmidt earlier this week. And Rob mentioned the corporate mandate that many of us were faced with. And this was interesting.
6: Because at the end of the day, every company, every leader has decisions to make. And they made those decisions. and They chose to force it. Um. The the ironic thing is that about three weeks after I took the shot to keep my job, I got COVID. I got it bad. I was upstairs in my room. like I couldn't move. It was actually really scary. So that was happening at the same time that I'd been taken off the air and was suspended and didn't know if I'd have a career. And and like I said, I was sick. So there was a lot that was involved in it. But all I know is that um, for me, it was the right decision at that moment to take it to keep my job. Sure. Um, It made me sick. Part of me will never forgive myself for caving. Yeah. But I have three college-age kids. Uh, I'm doing this on my own financially. Um, I'm a single mom, and I I didn't have a choice. And I think that that is what breaks my heart, and that's why I spoke out, even though I thought I was being respectful as well as complying. And my why now is in hopes that other people don't have to make the decision that I had to make, make to, like, end a dream. I, I, I never wanted to leave. I wanted to be there for the rest of my career. So I just understood. hope that by being open about it, that others don't have to make the decision
2: Ter- terrifying to see you know how, how quickly we've moved into this kind of political corporate orthodoxy in this country where they they, they just want to control and the moment that you break from their control uh, look at how they just
0: laid the hammer down on you at a company uh, as big as Disney and ESPN Rob Schmidt and former ESPN sports anchor Sage Steele echoing the sentiment and the circumstances of millions of Americans as we head into the weekend with yet again new concerns of COVID and COVID cases on the rise, COVID talk back on the table. And while we're talking about sports, sort of, WWE fans and the world of wrestling have been rocked by two deaths in the past two days. Current superstar Bray Wyatt passed away yesterday at the age of 36, reportedly from complications of a heart issue that he had been dealing with. Wyatt, whose real name is Wyndham Rotunda, is the son of wrestling star Mike Rotunda, and his grandfather was the famous Black Jack Mulligan. He also had uncles that were wrestlers. The day before that, former superstar Terry Funk, who wrestled for nearly five decades, died at 79 years old. President Biden, the first lady rounding out their week-long vacation in Lake Tahoe today and this weekend. And let me go back to President Trump to wrap it up for a second. Newsweek is reporting that Donald Trump has sold his Mar-a-Lago club, which is also his home in Palm Beach, Florida, citing a Zillow listing. However, you may hear a lot about this today, however... Other reports show that Trump may have just transferred ownership to an organization owned by Donald Trump Jr. I would say that's a lot more likely. The Zillow listing, which will probably be taken down now, shows the property at 1100 South Ocean Boulevard as being sold for $422 million. It also says that Trump purchased it in 1985 for $12 million. In case you didn't hear what I said, $422 million. Now, how about that for some appreciation? The late, great Rush Limbaugh's home was just down the road from the Mar-a-Lago Resort. I think he may have paid $15 or $20 million at the time. It was recently sold for $100 million. That's what's happening in Palm Beach, Florida. All right, the conversation on the top stories will continue all weekend long on Newsmax. Starting with Wake Up America Weekend Edition, that's Saturday and Sunday at 7 a.m. Eastern. The Saturday Agenda, The Sunday Agenda, The Saturday Report, Nancy Brinker, The Gorka Reality Check with Sebastian Gorka, and more. Don't forget, Newsmax is available on most major cable systems. If you have AT&T, Cox Cable, Comcast, Spectrum, Fios, Xfinity, Dish, DirecTV, and many others, then you have newsmax tv it's also on platforms like apple amazon roku and more be sure to download the newsmax app on your phone so you can watch your favorite shows anywhere anytime and keep up to date with the insane news cycle i'm tony marino thank you for listening to newsmax daily hopefully i'm helping you keep up to date on some of the news have a terrific weekend and keep on fighting the good fight news breaks every minute every day